0: Welcome, 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 everyone back to a, a fun filled episode, one that's going to be beautiful, because there's so many similarities between our guest today, work and my work. So that's going to, to be great. She's from all the way across the world. Um, so our time difference may show up, uh, <laughs> you know, with internet and things like that, but we'll keep it pushing. But uh, a beautiful human being, one who's who has worked uh, over 30 years and helping people you know overcome traumatic experiences and everybody who listens to the show know how deeply that that runs for me. So ladies, gentlemen, everyone, welcome to the show. Hannah Studley. Hello.
1: Hi. Thank you for having me. This is great. I'm really looking forward to this.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, me too. This is a long time coming. Uh, you know, we had a conversation about it in person <laughs> once in London. <laughs> and, and, right. and and you know, as life happens, it happens and then we we finally made it. But you know i'm mm-hmm. I'm actually thankful given and 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 it'll come out when you you know introduce yourself here in a second to the to the listeners but i, I think timing is is perfect for this now yeah. uh given sure. where you are actually located and then i'll let you you know talk about that and we'll go from there but i i couldn't have think, thought of it or if you know if you had gave it to me i couldn't have planned it any better uh because right. i think what what you will offer Uh, to our topics today which is going to be great so uh, let's just start with that you know kind of I don't really read the bios I just let every guest kind of you know express to to the listeners who they feel they are and how they show up and then we go from there.
1: Yeah thank you I appreciate that Um, so I am sitting in my apartment in Jerusalem Israel right now and if the siren goes off you'll have to excuse me because I'll have to run for it. (laughs) Um, it it hasn't gone off for a few days, but it did go off in the in the neighboring neighborhood yesterday afternoon, and I had this really weird experience because it wasn't directly in my neighborhood. the 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 way the system's set up is so amazingly clever. Um, you know, I have a an app on my phone. I have the, the sirens that are in our neighborhoods. <clears throat> because we could hear the siren from some from a neighboring you know community. I could hear everybody in my building shutting their metal shutters because we know what could happen. (laughs) And it was a, it was a, sometimes there's certain noises that you just like, this isn't, we're not playing anymore. This is real, you know? So um, yeah, so this is where I am. But saying that I'm probably in the safest part of Israel there could be (laughs) Um, because at my um, balcony window here i can see the supreme court building across the park um you know the parliament buildings are very close the president's house is a few blocks away um so it, it's relatively safe <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not right near the the border um well that border anyway and um this wall behind me is my bedroom which is uh we call it a mamad which is a, a bomb shelter But not really bombs it's rocket rocket safe like when i lived in california it was all about um earthquake safe Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> architecture code is all about earthquake safe. Well, here we have rocket safe architecture. So the corner <laughs> of the building, everybody is, you know, um, corner of their apartments on that side of the building. It's all steel reinforced. reinforced. Um, you know, in, in, yeah. So and, and on my bedroom window, I've got steel shutters that we close when the siren goes off. So, yeah.
0: yeah. And on the East like. Coast down in Florida, that Florida, everything is built for hurricanes. So all your right. house sits up high on. That's actually yes. I never thought about that. Each region yes. has something that they build yeah. into the fabric of their That's interesting. Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I've got a gas mask in there and water bottles. I've got my cans of tuna and chocolate just in case.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now here's here's something that just is really striking to me at the moment. Given what you're explaining, and I, I want to make this a video because I. I you can hear your laughter, but you can also see this calmness on your face right now. And so I'm gonna need you. you to marry that up for me. <laughs> like just talk to me just through that connection. Cause I could see it on you. I could feel it now.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's I'm so grateful for this understanding. I mean, always have a, you know, a level of gratitude for it, but but particularly right now, because you know, for example, in the first week when when things kicked off, and I I was so happy and grateful to receive messages from around the world from people saying, "Are you okay? We're thinking of you. We're praying for you." It was it was overwhelming, the outpouring of love and support. And then I also got messages from people saying, "I'm worried sick. I can't sleep. I, like, are you okay?" And I'm like. How does that help me? That you're now worried, <laughs> sitting in Florida or, or you know, Australia or wherever you are, you're and you're worried sick about me. That doesn't help me. And I've it's been a real roller coaster the whole couple of weeks of like, um, letting everybody have the experience they're having. Right? That it's not a judgment of people's experience. And if people are terrified from watching the news, then that's their experience. You know. And and it's been interesting because I've carried on working. I'm coaching people on Zoom, and I'm I'm coaching people. You know, a lot of my clients have you know health anxiety or, or you know some kind of physical issues or all kinds of anxieties from trauma from you know all kinds of things. And they're telling me about their thought created problems, and I'm like, can you hold on a minute? I just got to run to the bomb shelter. <laughs> <laughs> And it actually happened on a call. I was, I was on a call with a client in New York and, and the siren went off and it's loud. It's, it's like a wailing animal, you, go, Woo! you know, like it's, yeah, yeah. it's really unpleasant, yeah. just part of the point. And, and I kind of went, you know, and I said, I gotta go, I'm sorry. And I just clicked off and, and, you know, went in, grab my phone and went in, in the bomb shelter. And, um, and, and as soon as the, the siren goes, you know, and there was an explosion, the body, the building shakes. I mean, it's really happening. And then I came back and I WhatsApped her and I said, I can continue if you want to. And she's like, okay. And she came back on what, on, on Zoom. And I think she was more scared than I was because yeah. <laughs> she didn't know what was happening. And, you know, it's partly you get used to it in a weird way. Like you can get used to all kinds of, you know, mm-hmm. like as you know, stra- strange things can, you can get used to them. But there's, but when it's happening, um, it's only happening in those few moments when the siren goes off. And this is something I've really come to see is that when the siren goes off, my heart, I'm sure my blood pressure goes up a little bit. I'm sure my heart starts to, because that's normal and natural, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. That, that we've had, right. We've had explosions that are so close that, that, that my building is shaken. So I think it'd be weird if in that situation, you weren't a little concerned, right? That's normal and natural. And then the siren stops and we're supposed to leave it a few minutes, but nobody ever does. And then you come out and you check the news right? and you you make sure everything's okay. And, um, and then, and then it's up to me what I do with that experience now. And some people will then, you know, innocently not understanding what's happening, are now terrified. And their their blood pressure is through the ceiling. They're overthinking, what about my friends? What about my kids? What about, you know, the neighbors? Oh, what if there's no water and gas tomorrow? And you know, like the electricity is going to be good. Like, and they're now imagining all kinds of things could could happen. And for because I have this understanding, I'm right back to talking to that client or doing the laundry or you know feeding the cat or whatever I need to do because that moment's over. I took care of it, and I'm in this moment, and then you're in the next moment, and and living in that moment, I know for some people, they're like, that doesn't sound realistic, but it's just the way I've been, and it's helped me to think clearly, because in a situation like this, you need to be able to think clearly, and, you know, I trained as a first responder, you know, years ago, and I remember learning then that they train paramedics and firefighters, that if they're, you know, just had a fight with their wife or something, you know, that they, they really shouldn't go on a call because if you're not present, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be thinking straight.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so when people presume I must be, you know, not sleeping or, or worried sick and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, actually no, because in this moment, you know, I'm quite okay. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> there's, there's two stories that, that come to my mind and, and they kind of what you just said is one is very close to how I, I I have worked myself through PTSD and things like that. It's like the things I've experienced. I'm probably always going to look quickly when I hear a loud noise or if I feel the ground shake, I'm probably going to wonder, you know, what the hell? Yeah. But yeah. once I am made known what the situation is, there goes my mm-hmm. choice to add this to a backpack that becomes a weight or let it mm-hmm. go. And yeah. so the, the thing you said about when you respond without a clear mind, I remember an incident where I was teaching nuclear security and one of my young airmen had got into an argument with his wife. And so while he was um, arguing with his wife, he took his magazine out of his weapon and he was going through checking it. right. He was going through checking it, dry firing to make sure it worked so that when he has to respond, he was good to go. Mm -hmm. He gets into this argument with his wife, gets called on a response. So he has to end the call. He goes to respond. He comes back from the response, still thinking about the argument with his wife. And he calls her on the way back and they get back to arguing. He goes back into checking his weapon again like he was doing before. But this time the Mm -hmm. magazine is still in. And he Mm -hmm. never, never, it never reconciled or paid attention. And boom, before you know it, he had shot through the floor of the vehicle. And Mm -hmm. so the gunshot went off through his feet. It didn't hit him, but it went through his feet and disabled the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So now we don't have a way to respond to nuclear weapons right now. So that was the (laughs) magnitude of it at that time, right? So that's the thing of of, of being clear in a moment. When When you do not, when you are not clear... You are using bandwidth in other ways that that is really not keeping right. you safe. You yeah. know, and the, the other one was um, when I think my final breakthrough of PTSD was and it was a car accident where my front tire came off sparks flying from the vehicle and I was as calm as i would ever been, you know, mm-hmm. and the police officer was the one who kind of needed me to sit down because he felt I was too calm. But but it was like, no, sir, I'm alive. Like I I knew that. Like the car accident is over. I have got out and walked. Phew. I'll get a new truck. Fine. I got insurance. Like it was, it was so quick that Mm -hmm. I was well. But when he stopped me and kind of sat me down, that started making me think, oh, maybe I'm not. Should I be worried? Should I be? And and before you know it, I start working myself up. And I was like, wait, wait. I went over and I just put my hands on the ambulance because the lights were flashing and all these memories Mm -hmm. were starting to come back and things. And I remember just telling myself, we're okay, man. We're downtown California. The Lakers won (laughs) because that's where I was coming from, a Lakers game, you know. The Lakers won. Yes, Mm -hmm. we will have a rental for a few days. But Mm -hmm. we're okay. We're okay. My friend came to pick (laughs) me up. He was a mess. I get home. My daughter's a met Like, it was, everybody was having their different experience was. And their their experience with me being okay was also difficult for them. Like, yeah. th- th- they were upset I wasn't as riled or as I could be. I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go get checked out. I'm going to do all the things to make sure everything yeah. gets back in place. I'm just not going to do it frustratedly or scared. I'm just going to do it, yeah. you know. Um. So yeah. I really like the way you 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 said that. So that has to come in my opinion, from just, one, your own insights, but two, you are an author, you are a speaker, you are a coach, you know, (laughs) like, what now is just keeping you light up? Again, you've worked with children, adults, organizations, like, what's happening now that's keeping you in in such a great state of mind?
1: Um you know, as you were talking, I just remembered something that happened in the first week of of, um, this war, we're calling it. I, I when the siren goes off, you know, you have to run for it, we have two minutes to run for it. And I had this random thought, like, what if you're in the shower? (laughs) Right? And that (laughs) thought just went through my mind. And I didn't think anything of it. And then the next day I saw a post on one of our local Facebook groups and this mother posted, with you know, tears and, and sad faces, emojis and everything, how her little eight-year-old boy had said to her, mommy, what if the siren goes off and I'm in the shower? And the mother was, you know, heartbroken thinking this is how her child's growing up and this is the kind of things he's thinking about. And it wasn't until I read that that I realized I had had the same thought the day before, only I didn't register it as a bad thought. It was just oh, yeah. a thought, right? Yeah. And then the next night, a friend of mine came over, um, and she had been in the army. She grew up. She she did service here, so she'd been in in the in the forces uh, in the military um, maybe ten years earlier in a different um, the Lebanon war, I think it was. Anyway, and I'm, I was telling her about this, and she started laughing. She said that happened to me. She <laughs> said, "What?" She said, "I was on base." She said, "I was, I was like doing uh, military service. I was on base, and the siren went off." I'm like, "What do you do?" <laughs> and she said, "I had to put a towel around me in soapy water and run to the bomb shelter." And she said, "And all these soldiers, you know, her colleagues were like laughing at her. I, I hope one of them gave her a coat, you know." And she and I are laughing our heads off. And I thought about that. Like I had a neutral reaction. The kid and the mom had an understandable, concerned reaction. And she's laughing her head off about it. Mm-hmm. same experience so i guess what i'm seeing now is it, it's like it's in like technicolor for me right now yeah you know I, i've been saying for years we're always feeling our thinking you know we live in a thought created world but often you know as you know when you talk to clients they often say yeah but what about Mm -hmm, you know what about this situation (laughs) what about you know my mother's in the hospital you can't say that's thinking and then you talk about you know how it's still you're thinking about your mother being in the hospital but I've had people Mm -hmm. say to me but but what if you were in a war zone I'm like I'm "I'm in a war war zone
0: exactly (laughs) and same I've been there yes exactly
1: still my thinking yeah
0: right Yeah, yeah
1: and so like I said I think it's normal and natural to be concerned when you know something is going off and you hear the sounds and then I have a choice about how I'm gonna handle the rest of it. It really, you know, I think if you don't understand it, that maybe it's not so much of a choice because, you know, everybody around's panicking and, and it's it, it's kind of infectious, unfortunately, but um, like tomorrow, I'm going to volunteer um, at the the um, big art school, big art university we have here. And they've given over their textile department to make more uniforms because suddenly so many reservists have been called up and see, I, lots of, lots of my friends are cooking and making bread and, you know, sandwiches and sending up to the troops and, you know, and and babysitting for all the families that have been, you know, um, evacuated. And I'm not, that's not really my thing, but I can sew. So I'm going to go sew uniforms, yeah. things to hold hand grenades and, you know, and bandages and, you know, and, and so we're all doing what we can do. And, and it's just, um, being able to not feel guilty stay in the moment have clear thinking all human beings have that ability it's just whether or not we know that that's what's happening and understanding what's happening is you know so that's where i'm at now is um you know sharing that with people who you know i've, I've volunteered my time i've taught my doctor you know if, if anybody if any of his, any of his patients need you know someone to talk to i'm here i can i can do that yeah. so we're just being in the moment and doing what we can do for our community and because you know like that's really what's going to change the world is is supporting each other and and spreading that you know understanding that's that's what i can do yeah
0: you know that that story is so interesting because it actually paints a very interesting picture given that you and the mother and the son have not experienced it and then your friend who had experience was totally different than you know whatever exactly. you thought about it right yeah. because i thought yeah. exactly like your friend because when you're deployed and when you're mm-hmm. deployed you your bunk and your bathrooms are separate they are behind mm-hmm. barriers but if there is alarm like mm-hmm. your friend said you have to get out yeah. off the toilet you have to get out the shower right. and you got to get into so we've seen it all the time that's why they tell you, even if you're going to take a shower, wear clothing. Mm -hmm. So you'll have something to put on if you have to come out. Sometimes you have to take your weapon and you can walk into the porta potties and every weapons hanging, (laughs) you know, while people trying to shower, because that can still happen. So I'm like your friend. Yeah, yeah, we we train Mm -hmm. for that. We, you know, we that's part of the (laughs) gig kind of thing, because you got to stay clean or whatever. So even that's so interesting. But I also think that's what's Aiding in a lot of suffering sometimes
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that we judge. I love the way you said more, uh, more concern, thought, mm. rather than a wrong thought, yeah. because they are uh, they are authorized to feel whatever they feel for their thought. You know, given whatever their circumstances are, whatever the case, would be, they're free for that. And I love the way you said. I had one because of my reality, and then they had one because of theirs. Mm -hmm. I also loved Mm -hmm. how you said there are things that people do for service that you know aren't your thing, and then you Mm -hmm. find those places where your hands or your heart will be of benefit, and it is. I love, Mm -hmm. love, love helping people through traumatic experiences, but I know I am not good if I got to go through hurt and pain of a bunch of children. My mind gets clouded, so I don't mm-hmm. do a lot of work there, because I mm-hmm. can't bring my best to them. I get so mm-hmm. angered, I get so caught up with the narratives that I'm telling myself. The abuse that's happening to the children is—I know it's me, 100%, yeah. but I have yet to be able to reconcile it. Looking at a baby's face crying, you know, mm-hmm. um, so so that's why I don't do as much work with infants and and babies like so. I, I love that you made that point too, like there's no right way in service either, you mm-hmm. know, cause I am not one. I've been a fighter so long. I'm not one to pick a side. Like, and if I have to pick a side, the side I'm looking for is where is somebody exhibiting love? I'll attach there. That's all I got. You know, mm-hmm. again, like I was telling you earlier, I don't, with some of the experiences I've had in my life, I don't know if I'm the terrorist or the freedom fighter. I don't. And that's just being honest. You know, I was a U.S. military member and to some I was a hero, but to some and the things we did, we were not. So so I'm out of pointing fingers. That's not my game at all. You know, my game is where does there need to be love applied so people can stop suffering? And I'm going to do that part. They're going to be agents of war. They're going to be people who do that because that's got it. I'm not knocking you for I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong. I'm trying to find Mm -hmm. places to put love into the world. That's, yeah. that's all I got, you know, and I can hear that, that in you. And I think that actually comes from the work in trauma and seeing kind of like what I was saying with your friend, when you experience yeah. it, you know, it and you just do, you know, yeah. but when you're thinking about it, you can make up a million things of what it can and cannot be. But when you've experienced it, you know,
1: right. And and that's something I often share with clients. Like You can trust wisdom will kick in in a real emergency and guide you what to do like I really think common sense is a highly underrated virtue these days right? <laughs> because you know if when you are in an emergency or or in a you know a situation where you have to think clearly most people can you know it, it, there, there's a couple of people who might freeze for sure but most people will know you know find the fire exit call the emergency number whatever it is you need to do in the situation you're in get out of the car you know get away from the danger you know our survival instinct will kick in so you don't have to worry you know so so the alternative is like manufacturing all kinds of worry and as you know i I work with a lot of people with chronic pain and, and so much of that pain has come as a result of worrying what if could happen and maybe this might happen or what something happened in the past and then they're kind of creating this this nightmare to live in and they're actually it always reminds me you, know, you ever seen those cartoons where the there's a guy sitting on a park bench and there's a rain cloud and the rain's just falling on him and everybody oh, here, else yes. is in the yeah, sun, yeah. yeah. like <laughs> a Peanuts <laughs> carrot protein or something you know somebody walks around with a little i used to be like that all the time because you know in a lower mood then everything looks difficult. And I used to think happy people were stupid because hadn't they seen the news? Don't you know what's going on? And so from that perspective, the world's a very scary, dangerous place. And when I was in the depths of my PTSD, that's, you know, I was, I knew that the world was a scary, dangerous place. I had evidence, I had x-rays and police reports to prove it. And it's so amazing that you can be in exactly the same situation. And with this understanding, um, have a completely different experience
0: completely
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. and i actually had an insight about that i don't know if this will make sense to you might but you know here in here in israel we have this thing called the iron dome it's you know an incredible radar system for you so you might have heard about it on the news that that's what mm-hmm. so the whole country by the way i just want to tell people israel is tiny you know it's it's the site for americans it's the size of new jersey And for British people, it's the size of Wales, Right. It's really, really tiny, I think, because it's in the news so much. People don't really realize that. But the whole country is covered in a a radar system, you know, and and it's it's like a we call it the Iron Dome, but it's it's made out of radar. And so if anything incoming um, is intercepted, then the radar senses that our sirens go off and then a, a rocket from the ground will go up and intercept it in the sky. So it's better to have an explosion in the sky than one on the ground. So I I was trying to explain the Iron Dome to someone recently and I thought, ah, the awareness is my Iron Dome, right? The awareness we get through this understanding protects me from going into those nightmares, going back into the past, going into what if might happen, you know? And so... i kind of saw that how i'm kind of protected thank god by the radar but also by by the understanding because it's it's saving me from having to suffer what could happen yeah because what could happen isn't happening now you know so that was just an analogy i came up with i I
0: like that i use i use the flair to to say that in a in a way that the you know the the flare we use in the military was to illuminate a dark space.
1: And right. so mm-hmm.
0: the reason you want to illuminate that dark space is but it could be a potential threat out there. And because it's a dark space, you can't see. So you can't just right. automatically start shooting. Um, so you have to light it up. But there's a few things that happen with it. One, you have to tell your team that you're doing it so they don't look at the light and get blinded by it. Because it comes out so fast and that's the attraction of it, that it catches the attention. If there is someone in the field and they look up, they get blinded by it. So when it goes to illuminate, though, our job is now from covering our eyes to look at that area. Everybody is focused on that area. And what you're trying to do in a split second, because the flare is only about four or five seconds once it lights up, is do I have to respond or not? Mm -hmm. You can see people or rabbit or fox, (laughs) you know, immediately. And it was like, oh, my God, every one of my emotions is like a flare for me. And it just says, slow down, Robert, and look in front of you right now. And decide how you need to respond. Mm -hmm. If it's a threat. I'm going to kick in anyway. And you, you ain't even in control. Don't worry. <laughs> if it's a mm-hmm. rabbit, then settle down. It was just a rabbit.
1: Nice.
0: You know, nice. so again, we make those analogies haven't been in those situations. You have an iron dome. So to you, it <laughs> clicked, right. you know what I mean? Like I have flares. So it's, it's like you, you hear it and you see it in your eyes based on your experience. Like, you know those those two analogies we both just use may not resonate with people but they hit they land very well for us giving our experience right you mm-hmm. you may yeah. see it a totally different way and that's what's so beautiful about it is you don't have yeah. to see it how i see it to 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 partake in the release of suffering yeah. Yeah. you know very much
1: beautiful
0: so tell me about this yeah. book tell me about this book I know I skipped but I, I I we got caught in that but I could talk about that forever but I do want to talk about this yeah. book. Uh because I'm excited yes. about the project cuz I'm a part of it, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. So, you know, I I the three books I've put out already are all novels, you know, they're, they're storybooks with a message, you know, guiding people to the to the principles. But about was probably getting on for 2 years ago now. I had this suddenly had this realization that there are so many amazing people in our community who have recovered from some kind of mental health diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what an amazing resource. You know, what if what if I could collect all their stories together? Wouldn't that be so inspiring and so hopeful for people who are struggling with, with things like, you know, mental health? So I, I put a call out, I put some ads in some of our Facebook groups and to uh, other coaches. and And I just said, you know, do you have a story? You know, um, and I guess most people are familiar with the DSM. It's it's the diagnostic statistical Man- manual that most um, psychologists and psychiatrists, therapists use. It's like the Bible of psychiatry. It lists all the mental health diagnoses. And so I asked people if they had a diagnosis and would they be willing to tell their story? And I was overwhelmed with the outpouring of people's generosity and honesty and vulnerability. It was amazing. And thank you, you know, for you for for sharing your PTS story. So I, I managed to collect over 45 stories. Um, from like Michael Neal was one of the first people to say yes. He told you know his suicidal ideation story. Um, one of the first people was Linda Curie, who um, was Sydney Banks' first um, client. You could say she was his neighbor, and, and she wrote those beautiful books, um, Island of Knowledge, and um, you know so she knew Sydney Banks, and she gave me her story about how she'd been in a mental hospital and me- meeting Sid. You know, her her all her health pro- mental health problems went away. And, you know, I've, I've got just so many names that people are going to recognize, um, stories that are, like, for example, I remember I interviewed Jacqueline Hollows about, you know, we all know about the amazing work she does in prisons. Mm-hmm. But does anybody know about her childhood? You know, yeah. she, she said to me afterwards when she read it back, she'd never read her childhood out as a, as a written down piece like that. And and she was in tears. I, you know, one of... Um, one of my own clients has a story of a recovery from borderline personality disorder where she was self-harming, you know, so badly she needed stitches and she is doing amazing today. She is, she's just graduated with a master's degree. You know, she drank her way out of high school, had no qualifications <laughs> and, you know, and was, she was in a mental lock, lockdown ward when I first met her. And now she's, you know, flying around the world and doing um, she's a physical education, you know, expert now with her master's degree in phys ed. And so all of these stories are so inspiring. So I collected them together. So the book has real quick. The book has three parts There's an introduction, because I really want it to be appealed to people outside of the three principles community. I want it to appeal to therapists and doctors so that we can show them what we're what's on offer here. So at the beginning um, few chapters are an introduction to Sidney Banks's work. And then the stories, I've organized them in those DSM categories like psychosis and addictions or PTSD or um, child development, neurodiversity. Different There's all kinds of um, uh, uh, sections. And then I've interviewed um, a three principles mental health professional. So I've got Joe Bailey interviewed about addictions. I've got... Um, uh, Bill Pettit is obviously doing psychosis and, and neurodiversity. Um Dickin Bettinger um gave me an interview on uh, anxiety disorders. Um, you know, it, on and on. It's like uh, incredible people's generosity. And they've come out uh, uh, Judy Sedgman has did an interview about the you know PTSD section. So Jack Pransky did uh, child and uh, child development, you know, it's like, it's just, it's so rich. I'm so excited about it. So, and then I've got a, a section at the end, which is about research because I do Dr. Tom Kelly, who does, you know, so much of the research evidence-based research to show that this isn't just like fluke, you know, individual weird, you know, um, exceptions. No, it's the stories are from around the world, from India to Chicago to New Zealand to, you know, S- Scotland. And um, like so many different diagnoses and the mental health professionals are backing it up and then I've got some organizations like spark and uh, beyond recovery and um you know I think there's there's a three principal school in Switzerland did you know that there's a there's a high school in Switzerland that's government funded that all the teachers are based on the three principles they do regular high school subjects but imagine you're a teacher Understands the work of Sydney Banks. It's incredible. Right, no So clue I interviewed of that. Him. Like, can you tell? Yeah, <laughs> send me the
0: info. Of that just send me the info. Of that right. I've never heard of that. Right. Wow.
1: I know. So I've been doing a lot of research and a lot of work, and um, I'm, I, I'm hoping it's going to be an amazing resource for all of us. And once the book's out, I'll probably do a website so we can keep adding stories. You know, it can right. be like an ongoing resource for everybody. So the book is called Beyond Diagnosis because you know that we all know there's beyond you know this is there's a my favorite definition of a diagnosis was judy sedgman said once she said imagine your worst day ever you've got you know you've had the flu for two weeks you've got a pimple on the end of your nose you you know someone scratched your car somebody else got the promotion at work and you missed it because you were homesick and then someone takes your photograph and says this is going to be your id picture for the rest of your life And you're like, no, that was a really bad day, right? Because that's all the diagnosis is. It might describe how you were on that day, but it's not who you are, right? You may have had PTSD, but it's not who you are. You know, you may have had some weird and wonderful phobias, but that's not who you are. And so the book, I think, is really, hopefully, going to share our amazing resilience That like so much hope and inspiration by watching like listening to these individual stories and then seeing the evidence-based research backing it up and so I'm very excited so I'm hoping it will come out in the spring because it's going to take a lot of editing to put all that together now so that's where I'm at I'm in the editing phase I've got the cover done Um, (laughs) it's just uh, you know it does take some work so um, I I really appreciate everybody's support who's been part of it and uh, I can't wait to to get it out there on uh, you know to for everybody
0: to read. Thank you. I love that, and and I just met here recently with uh, Mama J Jacqueline Hollows, who you were talking about. Mm-hmm. She was also with Jean Catherine and her team,
1: yeah,
0: that are yeah. doing research. You know, so it it you know our research is growing. Um, Inside Alliance has just finished a research project yeah. on on the work they're doing. Them. You know, and so mm-hmm. again addressing those issues specifically how the dsm lays it out does give us an opportunity to mm-hmm. show more people what we offer in 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 respects yeah. to mental health so I, I i love that and i loved being a part of it and i do owe you a few more edits myself so i'll get <laughs> those those to you i i really really have appreciated you being here today like i i knew again how long we have been trying to put it together that the timing would work mm-hmm. how it worked and I, I think it was beautiful um for a few reasons. Mm. And, and mainly is in such a time like this, the way you are experiencing life is what is on offer. It's a real life Mm. opportunity to experience that. And I'll never forget um, one of now my closest colleagues and friends who I do a lot of work with is in South Africa. And Mm. she reached out to me once because there was a, a group of, um, individuals who wanted to overtake her particular area uh, because they were considered affluent. And so she called in this extreme panic of what do we do? What do we do? And, and so I was like, wait, why did you call me? Like, what happened? How did I get it? And she was like, I just woke up this morning. It was like, call Rob cook. I was like, so you got problems in your country. You think. And so I'm, I, after I get out of my own head, basically, or what I think
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> I start listening. And when I'm like, Oh, wait, Her husband is prior military, as well as most of the men in that area. She was already a respected uh, life coach, and she had a news segment where she would talk about healthy living and things like that. Mm -hmm. And she was like, What am I going to do? And I was like, That, do more of that. And she was like, What? I was like, I was like, Think about it. If you don't go in those spaces and demonstrate what it is you're trying to get them to understand, they're never going to hear. And she was like, oh, I said, so go to the news station and talk about, yes, how hard it is, what you're experiencing, you know, but also let them know they're okay. That's going to be the best. If you settle down your community, then ideas, solutions, things like that will pop. Lo and behold, once the men got together, they all their military service came out or came back to them. And before you know it, me and her husband on the phone. I was like, "Hey, all I could tell you is protect ways in and you know out and communication. Those are two big things." They decided mm-hmm. to to you know mark their bridges with people that would just sit out there all day and act as their iron dome, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. which allowed the one conflict they had to be happen way away from the community. And it was like, once it was over, she was just like, thank you. And I was like, yeah. I didn't do anything, though. Like, it was you. <laughs> and she was like, no, but you were calm enough to know, you know, I didn't have to go about, you know, get buy more guns or none of that. It was going to be demonstrating and believing what it is that I stand on stage and talk about every day. Um, yeah, So that's true. that's what i loved about this episode again, and the things we were talking about as far as protection are to anyone who's suffering and to anyone who's in pain. Like it's not specific to which side you may be of the conflict. It's just when you are in conflict, here are the Mm -hmm. best things to do to take care of yourself, to know, take moment by moment, period. Moment by Mm -hmm. moment and and not take that picture with the pimple on your nose for the rest of you know <laughs> let that not be your id for the rest of your life so i i truly appreciate right. it and thank you for that um thank you you've been dropping jewels all day long so what i'm going to ask you to do is just tell everybody where they can find you just you know uh i know you have a membership you know things like that but again just thank you so yeah. much for for the work you do uh not just in your own business but with the international communities as well as part of the board um yeah. you know just thank you and you let them yeah. know where where to find you and, and you know say some loving words and you know
1: yeah thank you yeah so you can find me on facebook and um my my three books that are out right now are all on amazon and just put my name in amazon and they'll, they'll come up and then yeah i have this membership program i started it a few months ago it's a women's membership group and just for a small fee each month, you get group coaching, there's a book club, right now we're, we're reading George Pransky's relationship handbook together, which is there's so much good stuff in there about we just spent four weeks on the moods chapter <laughs> alone. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so now we just started one on emotions um, and, and relationships with all kinds of people. It's not just partners. Um, and so in the membership group, there's um, say three group coaching sessions for different time zones, like um, just started one for Australia and then i post these um thought for the day videos as well so and there's places where people can post and comment and it's 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 turning into a really nice wonderful support um community and um yeah so that that's kind of like my main little baby right now that um you know so come come and join the the wonderful community and you can always um find all that information on my website which is my name hannahstudley.com so that's the best place yeah
0: any encouraging words any words of wisdom anything you want to leave us with
1: um i think I think just knowing you know, that we all have resilience, it's not something that you put in from the outside, you know? And, and I, in my group the other night, I, I read out this quote from Roger Mills and I, I can't remember it, verbatim what it said, but it talked about how um, the way experience is created is is obviously not from the outside. It, it's, it's always coming from in here. And so he ended the the reason I like the quote is because he said, you cannot find peace by fighting a war. Right? And and it's like we find ourselves in all these different kinds of situations. But if I'm I, if I'm looking for peace and I'm looking for how I can, you know, looking for that loving feeling, then you know, what is the loving thing to do right now? Then that's going to, you know, that's gonna make my the quality of my life a really beautiful one in whatever circumstance we're in
0: thank you for listening to today's episode for more information about the podcast please go to 3pgc.org if you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new fresh voice in the principles send us an email at info at 3pgc.org we'd love to hear from you knowing there is no end or limitation nor are there boundaries to the human mind have the day you deserve